You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. And welcome to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity for the Archdiocese of Chicago. This is Dawn Fitzpatrick, and I'm coming to you this morning from the actual Quigley office. Uh, Our show brings you stories and perspectives that promote the social mission of the church. We talk about themes of Catholic social teaching and various issues of life, justice, and peace that are impacting our communities here in the Archdiocese of Chicago and beyond. We're here on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. radio from 8 to 9 a.m. on the first Wednesday of the month and online at radiotv.archchicago.org. Also, check out our shows wherever you get your podcasts by searching Catholic Chicago. So along with me this morning with appropriate social distancing is Ryan Lentz. We're also both of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, good morning, Don. How are you doing this morning? Okay, it's actually, you know, it's amazing commuting with um, in, when everyone's social distancing because it doesn't take any time at all, which isn't what I'm used to. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, usually you have a, a, a big battle getting into uh, the, the radio studio, so I'm sure yes. that was a pleasant surprise. It was very nice, it was very nice. Um, so, anyway, the, here we are doing a show together. Um, like I said, it's kind of a different way because every, we're social distancing, we don't have people in the studio with us, um, including co-hosts or uh you know, from home. So this is the the new, the new reality, I guess, right? For now, anyway, it is. Yeah, sure. but, uh, but hopefully we'll, we'll be, you know, looking forward to a day when we can get back into the swing of things and have, uh, have folks in studio. Right, right. So, uh, so this morning, we are going to talk with um, a couple of people from Nonviolence Works. So Ryan, would you like to introduce our guests and we can get going on that discussion? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have with us a couple folks from Nonviolence Works, and uh, it's a great organization that we've been in partnership for a few years now. They um, actually have received CRS Rice Bowl um, funding from us uh, for a couple of years. And so we have Philip Bradley and Larry Campbell with us. Good morning, <coughs> Philip and uh, Larry. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Dawn. Good morning, Ryan. How are you guys doing? Great, great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Okay, all right. Well, um, we're here to talk to you a little bit about some of the work that you do, and certainly in light of, uh, you know, the, the craziness going on in our country, um, I think your work takes on some really special meaning right now, um, helping us to learn some principles and practice of nonviolence. So why don't, we, why don't we just jump into it and tell us a little bit about what you do and how, um, how, how your practices can be really helpful today. 
No, uh, thank you, and that's a very uh, powerful question. Uh, and 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 thank goodness that Nonviolent Works. We actually work on that. Mm-hmm. But let me just thank Ryan for um, supporting us and helping us with the Rice Bowl and advocating for us at the APC. So I want to just thank you and take my hats off to you mm-hmm. for being a good partner uh, in our uh, building bridges and not building barriers. Right. But. But nonviolence, uh, actually, the principle of it comes from the teachings of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we are actually uh, just following instructions. Uh, how do you love your brother uh, without anger and malice and without the intent to kill him? So you can build uh, bridges and not barriers. Uh, so uh, I learned it from my teacher, who was James Bevel, who worked with Dr. King. He was Dr. King's chief lieutenant. Uh, for all of the successful campaigns that happened in the 60s. And what's interesting, all it was was the Sermon on the Mount. How do you follow those instructions that you actually live a life that you can transform people and not conform to uh, social ills? But you got to love people to do that. And so what we do, we do a training. We do a 40-hour training uh, that deals with unlearning behavior, how you learn a new behavior, and then how do you apply it. And so it takes time to, to learn it, you know, to do it. But when you do anything and practice it, you get very good at it. So nonviolent works, we do trainings. Uh, we do consultation for agencies and organizations. Uh, we uh, help people work out prevention strategies uh, that can be helpful in any environment, if it's your home or your school, because we have to start thinking, how do we apply nonviolence in all our walks of life, as a parent, as a husband, as a brother, how do we apply it? And then you'll see how you do it for social change. But if you can't be nonviolent in an interpersonal with your neighbor, it's going to be hard trying to deal with a nation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I know, and I was, I'm just thinking about how huge this this is right now with um, you know the all the violence we've seen in not only in Chicago but around the country. Um, if if we it, is it possible to to train so many groups and so many people to to work with with these principles that you're talking about? Yeah, uh, that's yes, absolutely. Because what's interesting, if I ask you, have you ever heard of a NA or AA mm-hmm. program? Sure. Have you? Uh, how many steps is it? Twelve. It's a twelve step program. Right. Uh, have, have you ever been to the program? No. Uh, do you know anyone who has gone? Yes. Do you think it'd be helpful if someone used it? Sure. Okay, have you, how many steps is it to nonviolence? Is it, is it going to be 12? <laughs> I mean, well, 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 no, actually, it's eight. Okay. But if, but if you don't know the steps, how could you do it? Right. True. See, so we know how to get people off drugs if we choose to, or if they choose to do that. We don't know how to get people to be nonviolent because no one knows the steps. Right. So now, you say, what are the steps? Well, it's eight steps to nonviolence. The first step is observation. You have to make an observation. But we live in a culture that says the police have a code of silence, which means they can't say what they saw. And the citizens have a no-snitch clause, which say we can't say what we saw, and silence equals death. So the first responsibility is to, is to get, give people the courage to say they saw something in yourself and other people. And then step two is called do an investigation, ask questions. Because what you see may not be accurate unless you ask a series of questions. 
So even violence always start off, I see something, and then I get angry. Well, seeing something and getting angry doesn't solve anything. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it adds to violence, and it could perpetuate violence, because seeing it ain't a, it's not enough. You have to ask some serious questions and get answers to your questions, not just shouting out and being angry. Then step three is check your motive. So if you see what you see, you ask some questions, how does it make you feel? But you can't be moved on anger, resentment, hatred, because that's the wrong answer to solving this problem. So you have to overcome that. So then you could go to step four called make a recommendation. What would be the accurate answer to solve the problem? What recommendations have any protesters put up? What are the actual recommendations that we should follow? But what we should be arguing about is not what we saw. We should be arguing about that they're not fulfilling our recommendations of bringing social change. Uh, and that's what we're not arguing about because we don't know what the recommendations are. When they can't hear your recommendation, then you have to go to step five, education. You have to educate people because they may not see things the way you see it, but education may help them see it. Mm-hmm. Then after you educate them, they still don't get it. Don't kill them yet. <laughs> we like killing things we don't understand. Sure. Uh, so then you're going to demonstration. Then you have to show them the behavior you're talking about in spite of their behavior. So by the time you do a demonstration of any sort, you have seen the problem, you have asked intelligent questions, you've got correct motive for solving the problem, you have put forth a recommendation, you've tried to educate the people, now we must go demonstrate. Now, from a demonstration, a natural thing is going to happen called confrontation. So confrontation is one of the steps in nonviolence, but that's step seven. So you don't go from I see something, I'm about to confront you, that's violence. Mm-hmm. You can't say, I see something, I ask you some questions, you hurt my feelings, I'm about to confront you. That's violence. You have to go through a series of steps to have nonviolent discipline. So then step eight is called reconciliation. So even after the confrontation, we only confronted it for the purpose to reconcile the problem. And these are the same identical steps that, that uh, Jesus would do when he go to a village or a town. He will go make an observation. He asks a series of questions. He always checks his heart. He makes recommendations. He tried to educate people. He demonstrated. Confrontations broke out, and he ended with reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. King did the same thing. James Bevel did the same thing. Gandhi did the same thing. And we have to do the same thing. And we can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But we have to be taught. Sure. Yeah, something that kind of strikes me as I hear each of those steps is, it's, it's really showing the difference between reacting and responding. And I think you're, right. you're naming something that, you know, all of, the, all of the movements for change that we've seen, you know, many of them have been grassroots-led and, and organic in nature, but there's always a, a strategy behind them. So, you know, the, the movements of the, of the 60s and other eras, you know, like there, there was, there were, there was a, a real analysis that happened and a reflection. And I think what also resonates in your and, and the process that you're talking about too is 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 the the, refle- the self reflection kind of coming within because we know that right. you know the roots of violence are in our own hearts right and and oftentimes it's when we don't have a, a place to process it or a way to kind of be aware of what's going on inside of us that's where we act out in violence you know in, in big ways and in small ways so mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear that yeah. kind of broken down and you're absolutely correct because our first chapter in uh, our trainings is we call it the heart of a child. How have past issues have blemished your heart, how you build your fences, how you react to life that's right in front of you? It is mm-hmm. not what people are doing presently. It's past sure. uh, issues unresolved that distorts your vision, 
And so that's why you have to work on yourself before you could think you could change other systems. Because it just take a, a, a you, a new, a new you to do it, not the old you, okay? Not the angry you. It's a new you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's what the, that's what the transformation is about. It, it's getting people, and then the next phase is, what is a student to truth? How do you follow truth? And how you don't get derailed off truth? Uh, what is the truth of something? And that's what the other social issue we're dealing with, that truth can't be known. Uh, it's your truth versus my truth. And now uh, there's a thing called truth. There's a way you can arrive at it through synthesizing knowledge. Mm-hmm. But then uh, what is a student? What's the role of a student? How do you follow instructions? How do you do the work? Uh, how do you get information and cooperate? Uh, how do you do that uh, scientifically? Uh, because many times we don't follow many of the, the protests. People just didn't follow the instructions. And that doesn't make a, a, a peaceful protest, okay? Um, sure. And, and so welcome to follow, just follow the instructions and don't let your feelings get in the way because we're trying to change the world and not just break, break windows, okay? Hey, Don. Yeah. One of the things that Phil just mentioned is so important. Unfortunately, in today's society, it always seems to be a you lose, I win, or I lose and you win. Mm-hmm. And what Phil is talking about in terms of the final step, the eighth step, is to say they're trying to win people over to understand that nonviolence is a way we all can win. And I think that's super mm-hmm. important. That is super important. So it doesn't, you know, it's kind of a, a misconception to think that it has to be win-lose, right, is what you're saying. So right. um, why can't we all win? Why, why can't everybody turn out uh, the better for it? Um, well, see, we'll, we'll win and lose. I see nonviolence says um, justice for all. Violence always have justice for some. Mm-hmm. Sure. See, so whenever violence is used, only some people are going to benefit. Right. When nonviolent work, all of us can benefit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, with so that, violence is help have a win. We um we need to go to a a little commercial break here. So if I can get you guys to hold on, and we can talk some more about this in just a minute. Yep. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend. 
featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about the outreach efforts underway by the Catholic Church to help people in need during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll show you how online masses have become a common way of worship, and we'll give you a sampling of how teachers and students in Catholic schools are being creative and productive during the health crisis. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You are listening to Dawn and Ryan from the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. And our guests right now are Philip Bradley and Larry Campbell from Nonviolence Works. And we were just engaged in, in just a, an incredible discussion about some steps that we, we can train ourselves to take to, um, to react differently to things, especially when we see something that makes us uncomfortable or we see something that makes us angry. Um, there's some steps that we can take to react appropriately and in a nonviolent way. And that's what we were just talking with Phil and Larry about. Um, so thanks for being with us, Phil and Larry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank Abs- you. Absolutely. So I, I, as we were saying, you know, in the last segment, um, this is such an important time that we're having this discussion because we've seen people react um, less than appropriately in the last few weeks to some things that are happening around our nation, where what what you're suggesting with nonviolence works is if, if we kind of take a step back as we see something happening and we think about it and we check our own feelings um, and, and we go through some steps, then our, our reaction wouldn't necessarily be to... Um, to go to to fighting that which right. seems to be what the first the first step people go to it's like they go from observing to fighting so they go from step one right. to seven immediately and right. uh, without anything that. in between right right and that's the problem and feel justified because you do be- believe you saw what you saw but it doesn't change the questions that got to be asked and answered it doesn't change the, your, the correct motivations you should have if you're going to change something mm-hmm. it doesn't change the recommendations that need to be put in place for change to happen. It doesn't change the fact that people have to be educated. It doesn't change that you have to still demonstrate the right behavior in spite of your your outrage. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, well, and it's right you have to confront this problem, but at the end, how do you, we reconcile? And, and now we have gone from a, a, a bad problem to worse because we didn't follow any steps. Right. Um, we just followed anger, because anger, anger is a very destructive force. 
Mm-hmm. But, but one of the things we teach in our training is the difference between, and this is the other thing, this, what, is, what is the difference between a, a demonstration, protesters, and spectators? Because you're going to always have three types of people uh, in any dynamic. Mm-hmm. Those who have sat down and thought through the issue and, and have a position, and they know they must be disciplined to, to, be, to be committed to that position. Protesters is things that we are against. And when you're against something, negative things can't come out of that, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, just because you're not being for something, you're against something, okay? So the negativity of being against and not being proactive could kick in. Mm-hmm. But, but then you have those who are just watching on the peripheral and don't have any skin in the game. So they, they, whoever wins, that's who they follow, okay? So if the police win, well, we back under police. If the citizen win, well, we follow. And that's a majority of people, uh, they grab the fence. So you have to, so when you're dealing with social change, you really do need really a small core group of serious-minded people who can stick to the issue and, yes, uh, galvanize other people, but yet without those principles in place, uh, even a small band of people can't get anything done. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. You know, you can see that Phil really has some fantastic experience over many, many years working in the Chicago area and some other areas, too. We have, in the last couple of years, have um, taught in many parishes. We've taught in high schools. We've taught at uh, Loyola University. What we would like to do today, real quickly, is say to any parish that's interested in uh, having us come, um, Phil's number is 312-513-7876. And my number is 630-886-6876. 630-886-6876. And the experience has been done is when they go to the training, they are so energized and their hearts on fire, they want to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And again, as you've said more than once this morning, this is a perfect storm of everything going on. We need nonviolence. So if somebody just wants to help us by volunteering, same members apply. Um, we could we could use the extra help. It's, a, it's something that needs to be done, and that's why I really appreciate when Ryan said we could come on here this morning. Sure, um, and they could also go to your website. Correct? You want to give us that address? Correct. Okay, the website is nonviolence. That's uh, just all capitalized and works. Uh, is one word, no space. Chicago dot org. Nonviolence works. Chicago dot org. So, right. so they can find out all kinds of information about how to volunteer, what kind of trainings you offer, ways to donate, how, where their donations might go to, to help, right? All of that we can see on your website. Um, yes. So why don't you tell us, do you have some plans this summer to train people in nonviolence? Uh, absolutely. Uh, what, there's two initiatives that we have uh, had on, on our uh, things to do and been working on it. Uh, one is to call the nonviolent zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, where every community uh, have a, a, a pocket or a population where violence is, is, is prominent. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the African-American community, we see it as gun violence and murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other communities of ethnic groups, it may be domestic violence, it may be child abuse, but st- that still is violence, and we need to understand these zones and then put uh, trained community people who understand nonviolence uh, in collaboration and how to organize in these zones. I'll give you an example. I live in South Shore. It goes from 79th to 67th from the Lake to Stony Island. If you had nine people who was there 
who understood nonviolence, who could make observations, who ask questions, who have correct motivation, who makes recommendations for the group and each other, can go and educate when needed, uh, can demonstrate if, if a problem show up, six, seven people who, who at least know something can come within a one-mile radius to help negotiate or navigate a problem, and then work on resolving issues uh, institutionally. Sure. And, but without a, a, a body of people on the same page with a common mission, you can't get anything done. Uh, uh, it just can't happen. And so, and so right now there's a lot of fragmentation within non-for-profit organizations that don't do enough collaboration or cross-training so we at least know what each other doing, let alone doing, doing something of the same relevancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that fragmentation that actually doesn't help with community building, in, infrastructure building, because you need that, that type of cohesiveness. So the nonviolent zone trains people to help organize the churches that generally wouldn't come together, organize school institutions that generally wouldn't come together, organize businesses to help with the community that generally wouldn't come together. So you need to have glue for all these bricks. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's what nonviolence is. It's the glue for the bricks. Right. So if, if something happens in, in a community and um, – and it's it you know it it certainly has the potential to become violent. How do these organizations go in and and defuse? Them? Right, yeah. right, See, right. Even we had a citywide initiative right now, of which I'm trying to get with the mayor. Mm-hmm. See, the counterbalance we need so, socially is not more police. We need more trained citizens to be the counterbalance for the police department. Mm-hmm. So you need, and so if we had a citywide initiative, we can have 690 trained citizens citywide who understand nonviolence. So if anything broke out, you, you really still have a core group of 690 people that understand nonviolence. Right. So if a thousand protesters showed up downtown, well, you have 690 trained violent people who understand nonviolence who can work with the police department, mm-hmm. okay, which is a different counterbalance, okay? Sure, sure. And, and the problem is you don't have anyone, even our best intended community organizers, they lose their head. They, they they mislead their own flock because of frustration and anger because they don't understand process. Mm-hmm. See, nonviolence is the highest level of of intelligence. You know, how do I live without killing killing somebody? Okay, that's that's a that's a pretty reasonable <laughs> request. Okay. You know, that's not a hard call, okay? Sure. You know, you know, and that's okay to 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 us to arrive at that. And so that's what we bring is is the tool set to uh, help people navigate those things. Uh, if they have an interest. But once again, if they took the training, because even myself, Larry, we, we see it clearly that, oh, man, everything we teach in the training, we can see what people have misfired. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we teach it when you deal with uh, nonviolent resistance, one of the objectives is to go to jail, not because you broke the glass and they arrested you. No, you, they, they, you need to go to jail because you need your day in court from what you're saying. Mm-hmm. See, just, like, just like the gentleman got his knee on his neck, but he didn't get his day in court. Right. What we done was flood the courts, which means we flood the justice system. And then you show the injustice because now you get uh, people who didn't commit any crimes in jail. Okay? Right. right. You get people who didn't commit any crimes back in the, 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 the courts. Right. And now we got a real uh, healthy discussion of what do we do now? Mm-hmm. And you, you really would choke the system, not by throwing bricks at it, because most of the people who, who vandalized didn't want to get arrested. Now, the objective is to get arrested. <laughs> Jesus got arrested. Right? Gandhi got arrested. King got arrested. Mm-hmm. So you can't 
go down there and don't want your day in court because then you can take it to the next level because there's a law being broken here, right. and you got to have your day in court. Okay. This issue could go to the Supreme Court if people just pack the jails. Yes, for sure. But, but they kept running from the police and wanted to spray, you know. You can't have it both ways. No. You can't break the law and enforce the law. The Mm -hmm. cops can't do it, nor the citizens. Right. So we are just about out of time. Um, We have just a few seconds left. Is there just one thought you'd like to leave us with? Real quick thing. I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out to our partner, our third partner, Alfredi Whittem. She's a professor at Loyola. She's at a a, a meeting right now. Mm -hmm. So thank you again for your time. I think Phil is just a fantastic speaker. He's a great trainer. We want people to call us. We want people to be involved. The time is now. Absolutely. Okay. But let me just leave you with this little golden nugget. Okay. A definition of violence is a concealed truth and a promoted lie. And whenever violence happens in any form, public or private, it's the truth not being told and there's a lie being promoted for violence to happen. Nonviolence is just the opposite. It reveals the lie and promotes the truth. And these are the two differences. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and violence, I don't care if it's slavery, domestic violence, child abuse, public violence, it's a truth, it's a truth concealed and a lie promoted for the violence that happens. This is true. All right. Well, well, Phil, Larry, thank you so much for being with us today. I've also um, thank Ryan for co-hosting with me this half of the show. We're going to go to a commercial. And when we come back, Ray Pingoy will be joining me to have another discussion. Thank you all so much for hanging with us. And thanks, fellow Larry and and Ryan, for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. You're welcome.